listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Peter Watts joining us in the studio. Welcome back to the studio, Peter. It's great to be here again, Jason. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm a little tired. I believe you are as well. You've been busy and uh, finishing up your Is God For Real series. Yeah, we uh, we wrapped that up last week. We were actually, uh, our final episode was Looking for Paradise. So we were looking at what the Bible says about the subject of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this uh, last weekend, I was uh, speaking at Glenorchy on the topic of uh, abundant living, what the Bible has to say about life in the here and now. We often think about uh, the Bible talking about spiritual things and, and uh, living for heaven uh, forever in eternity, but God has an abundant life for us here too. So that's what I've been up to. But you've been uh, you've been busy over the weekend too. Been very busy over the weekend. We uh, I was involved in the Bible Society Word Songwriting Showcase, mm-hmm. which uh, is a group uh, that what we do is we basically encourage local songwriters, Christian songwriters, okay. to uh, put together their songs into a sort of a concert style. Yeah. And uh, this year we broadcast that on live stream, and I was uh, overseeing the live stream uh, part of that. Terrific. So, yeah. Sounds it was, good. It was good fun. It's good to hear some uh, original music, and there's some very uh, uh, talented musicians coming up. So, yeah. Mm. So what have we got today, Peter? What uh, We're going on on our Daniel series. Um, we must be up to about Chapter 5. <laughs> well, that's right. You've introduced it for me. So, yes, we're, we're in a series called Daniel and the God of Wisdom. And uh, the, da- the book of Daniel is a fascinating book. Um, it contains 12 chapters. And it is um, a book that has much valuable information for those of us who are living at the end of time. And we are up to Daniel chapter 5. And I believe uh, you can share with uh, folks how they can listen to the previous episodes. Yeah, all the previous episodes you can get on the Faith FM app that's available in the App Store, the Google App Store or the Apple App Store. You can download Faith FM Australia. Uh, if you haven't got that already, it's a great way to listen to our programs, both live and also the past episodes. Mm. Or you can listen to all of the past episodes and live on the faithfm.com.au website. It's a great resource if you've missed the radio programs or perhaps you're in an area where the signal's not so great and uh, you can listen on your phone or internet that way as well Yeah, on your computer. So. And catch up with the previous episode, which I think is great, uh, where you can sort of, uh, not not just this series, but I find it helpful to be able to go in there and listen to other material that you've got on Faith FM, which is yeah. terrific. And, of course, uh, the next few chapters in Daniel are going to be building on top of each other, I guess, mm. uh, seven, so, seven, eight, nine, and 10. They're all building, so it's quite important that you actually yes. listen to all of those episodes to get a full picture. Yeah, so uh, the book of Daniel, uh, we mentioned, has 12 chapters. It's um, sp- split in half, so the first six chapters are more uh, historic. In, in uh, they, they tell the stories of Daniel's experience in Babylon, uh, mm. Daniel and his friends. And then from chapter 7 onwards, we have a series of prophetic visions. Uh, Daniel 7, Daniel 8, Daniel 9, and then 10, 11, 12 are all sort of one, um, pro, you know, one 
passage together. Uh, we'll deal with them separately. We'll deal with Daniel chapter 10 on its own and so forth. But, um, yeah, so that's going to be exciting uh, and interesting to look at some of the prophetic chapters. But even in the historical chapters, there are lessons for us and there are uh, important spiritual lessons for mm-hmm. us. So we're going to look at Daniel chapter 5 today, which essentially is the fall of Babylon. Yeah. It's the literal fall of ancient Babylon there in the country of Iraq. Uh, the modern-day country of Iraq, you can go there uh, and see the ruins of Babylon. Um, but uh, Not much left, really, is there, in terms of, of a big old city? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, yes. People don't live in Babylon anymore. Mm. Um, the the ruins, uh, I believe, are extensive. Um, I have not been there. It's one of the places I would love to go. Mm. Um, but because of the political situation and the wars that have been fought right. there, it's, it's a, uh, a dangerous place. I think it was in the news today, actually. Uh, Iraq, but there's um, it can be a dangerous place to visit. So it's one of those places I have not yet visited, but I would love to mm. go to. And uh, Daniel chapter five, uh, yeah, it opens with these uh, these four verses that we're going to read. Um, and maybe uh, I'll just read verse one for a moment. In verse one, it says, Belshazzar, the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of the thousand. So he's having a drinking party with a thousand of his lord lords and officials. That's a pretty big party. You'd have to think so, yeah. I, I've never, I don't think I've been to a party of a thousand people. <laughs> That's a big party. Um, but uh, yeah, so he, he, this is a big feast that he's thrown and let me just uh, talk a little bit about Belshazzar here because this chapter features Belshazzar as the king of Babylon and uh, by the end of the chapter we're going to see the fall of Babylon Um, many scholars of um, let's say the 19th century early in the 19th century you had um, it was fashionable to become critical of the scriptures so we'd gone through a period where there'd been a lot of uh, religious um, excess there'd been a lot of religious uh, abuse and um, we were coming to a place where we were putting our trust in rationale, rational thought and science uh, and, you know, that of the supernatural and the religious was um, becoming, it was, it was more sceptical because there had been a lot of superstition and so forth. And so people came to the place where they would say, well, unless you can prove, demonstrate it with evidence, then we're going to doubt that it's true. Mm. And so in the Bible, you have this character called Belshazzar, and you have it here in Daniel chapter 5 and the fall of Babylon. And people says, well, we have king lists that we found in archaeology that list Nabonidus as the last king of Babylon. So clearly the Bible's wrong here because it mm. lists Belshazzar as the king of Babylon. Mm. And uh, that was a, a little bit of a conundrum for a while. Why is this the case? And then what they found in um, 19, in 1881, uh, Henry Layard did some uh, excavations uh, at Ur uh, in southern Iraq, and uh, he found um, a little cylinder called the Nabonidus Cylinder. And on that cylinder... Um, he um, offers a prayer both for himself and for his son who's named Belshazzar and so this is an archaeological artifact that they found with the name Belshazzar and said okay so now we know Belshazzar was Nabonidus' son furthermore in uh, 1879 this was discovered two years earlier 
But many tablets, though they were discovered at a particular time, they're not actually read and translated and understood until, until later years time. later. Mm. And so we have um, a tablet called the Nabonidus Chronicle <laughs> that actually uh, lets us know that Nabonidus was in Arabia for much of his um, rule and reign. And then just last year in 2021, they discovered an inscription in Arabia that was given by Nabonidus. And so there are some uh, images there and there's some cuneiform writing with, that states that Nabonidus was there. And so what's what's fascinating now, we the picture emerges that Nabonidus, yes, he was the king, but he was away in Arabia and he left Belshazzar, his son, as co-regent mm. in charge of Babylon. And that's why Belshazzar was present in Babylon when it fell. So it's very fascinating to me because even when we see or read things in Scripture and we say, mm, that doesn't make sense or it doesn't make sense historically, we just maybe need to wait a little while and, and keep digging because uh, the evidence will emerge. Mm. So I'm going to read, uh, let's just read through the uh, the next three verses. So maybe read from verse 1 to 4. So Belshazzar the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of the thousand. While he tasted the wine, Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple which had been in Jerusalem, that the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple of the house of God, which had been in Jerusalem. And the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the god of the gods of gold and silver and bronze and iron, wood and stone. All right. So thank you, Jason. So he's... Um, it, it mentions there that mm. uh, his father, Nebuchadnezzar, but yes. my understanding is that that is, like a, in essence, a grandfather. Correct. So yeah. so Nebuchadnezzar was not his direct father. It's kind of the father of the nation. Yeah. So in terms of the Neo-Babylonian Empire, Nebuchadnezzar is certainly the most significant figure. Mm. Um, and like, that, that's what it's mentioned. It's like the Israelites refer to Abraham as yeah, their father. Yeah, Father Abraham, yeah. absolutely. So so that's the sense in which that uh, that is true. Um, but he... Here we have so here we have Belshazzar not only throwing this feast, but he actually calls for these vessels that were taken from the temple in Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, and he's calling for these, and then he's using those to drink wine, get drunk uh, with his concubines and his wives and his lords, and at the same time he's toasting and praising the gods of gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and stone. In other words, it's 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 um, it's uh, a deliberate provocation if you like to the god of the bible mm. it's a deliberate uh, provocation to the god of jerusalem it's interesting because um throughout the bible you really have a tale of two cities you have uh the the the, the story of jerusalem and babylon both of them trace their origin to the book of genesis and both of them are mentioned in the book of revelation and you find them mentioned throughout and so it's kind of the god of jerusalem versus the god of babylon and um, we'll pick that up a little bit more as we go. But King Belshazzar is certainly provoking the God of Jerusalem and saying, you know, I'm going to toast these other gods, the gods of God, gold, silver and so forth. So, mm. A dangerous thing to do. <laughs> We're going to find <laughs> that out. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, we've got a question for you this morning, and uh, perhaps even if you um, don't have an answer to this question, text us in, tell us uh, where you're listening from today. We'd love to hear from you. Our show number for Tassie Encounters is 0488-880-891. That's 0488-880-891. Write that down because we've got a free book offer coming up later in the program. But our question for you that you can contemplate during this music break is, what can you see in the world today that in the, indicates that the writing is on the wall? And uh, that's giving away a little bit about what's coming up in this chapter. But, uh, yeah, what can you see in the world today that indicates the writing is on the wall? Maybe maybe you could have a think about uh, where that phrase comes from as well. So uh, this first song is Cut to the Heart by Luke Partridge. Your grace has won, and 
To Tassie Encounters. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and uh, today we're speaking with Peter Watts, and uh, we're looking at the chapter, Daniel chapter 5, continuing our series on Daniel today. Now, uh, during the break, we had Naomi text in uh, responding to our question uh, from Perth. Naomi's listening today, Perth, Western Australia, and uh, she says that wars, mocking of God, love of self, the I generation, lawlessness and disrespect of parents are all things that she's seeing in the world that indicates that the writing is on the wall. Thank you for that response. We're going to uh, continue to read this chapter and we'll find out more about this writing on the wall that's going to happen mm. in a moment. Well, one of the things I was going to say, Jason, too, is if uh, if our listeners do have a Bible at home um, and uh, even, you know, I, I have the Bible on my phone and people can download the Bible. Mm. Uh, and so if, even if they don't have a physical one, uh, they can do that. But uh, sometimes it's going to be helpful as we read through for people to read along. So if you do have a Bible, maybe you want to grab it and um, pick up here. We're in Daniel chapter 5 and we're going to read now uh, from the section from Daniel uh, 5 chapter Sorry, chapter 5, verse 5 to 12. And um, we pick up this. In in verse 5, it says, In the same hour. Now, this is the same hour that he's drinking wine and he's praising the gods of gold and silver and so forth. Uh, and it's a deliberate act of mocking the God of, of, of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster on the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. And it says the king's countenance changed. So he, so there's this writing on the wall. And, you know, um, when we were introducing this chapter um, and we talked about the fall of Babylon, we could also uh, have introduced the chapter as the writings on the wall mm. because it's a phrase that we very often use. You often hear it used in, you know, uh, our culture. Uh, and it comes from this story. And uh, it's it's when we hear the phrase, the writings on the wall, it's, it's kind of a... A notice that something something's, something's about to come happen. to an end. Not, well, no, yeah. Normally, not a good thing. That's right. It's, it's something's about to come to an end. In mm. fact, I remember. I think I was watching uh, the NRL Grand Final back. I think it was about two thousand and six, um, and it was uh, the Melbourne Storm. 
um, and Craig Bellamy was uh, the coach. And I remember the Channel 9 uh, broadcasters looking at him and he was like, five minutes to go. Melbourne Storm were, gonna, were losing the grand final. They weren't going to win. And he says, oh, look at Craig Bellamy there. You know, you can see the writings on the wall, you know. Mm. And, and people will use that phrase when they know that something's coming to an end. Even the... Um, even one of the James Bond films, Spectre, had the uh, title song was The Writings on the Wall. Um, and so you, you, with this is a phrase that's very common, but it comes out of this chapter. Mm. And so uh, he sees the writing on the wall, verse 6 of chapter 5 of Daniel. It says, Then the king's countenance changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his hips were loosed and, the knees, and his knees knocked together. He's shaking mm. because there's this... Uh, what does it say? The fingers of a man's hand mm. uh, is writing on the wall, and this is this is obviously a supernatural occurrence. Um, and yeah, he's I, shocked. I can picture this in cartoon form, almost. Mm. You know, <laughs> this guy shaking yeah. his knees, shaking, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's right. I mean, he's uh, he's at this drunken party, and uh, he's deliberately provoking, if you like, the God of mm. Heaven. Um, and then in verse seven, it says then. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. The king spoke, saying to the wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and tells me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and of a chain of gold around his neck, and he shall be third ruler in the kingdom. Now, I just want to pause right there. Why third ruler in the kingdom? And this, again, is uh, more evidence, really, of the fact that Nabonidus had left Belshazzar in charge. Nabonidus was the king. Belshazzar was his son. He was serving as co-regent. Uh, and then he's going to make whoever is able third to in interpret yeah. this writing, he's going to make him third ruler in the kingdom. And mm. so um, it's it, that, that, again, lends itself to that. Verse 8, it says, Now all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king its interpretation. I think this is about the third time that we've had either revision or some writing and, where uh, they're calling in the wise men yeah. of Babylon and uh, I, I almost feel like uh, the way that it's written, it's it's God trying to tell us uh, how um, how uh, powerless the wise men of Babylon are, mm. because they they can't um, each time inter- each they time. can't interpret it. Correct, and of course it falls then to a prophet of God mm. to come in and actually uh, interpret. Mm. And so um, you know, time and again. Uh, they're they're looking to the wise men of Babylon, and I think, you know, we're going to look at the end uh, of this. Um, at the end of this passage, we're going to look at some of the lessons that we can learn. But I also think that sometimes um, we ourselves, in our own culture, we want to know what the wise men of Babylon think. Mm. You know, we want to know what the interpretation is the wise men of, from the wise men of Babylon, rather than going to the Word of God. Mm. And for 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 too often. We just want opinions from others rather than what the Word of God simply says. Mm. And um, I, th- I think that, that that's part of why this is important for us to understand. So uh, they couldn't interpret it. In verse 9, then King Belshazzar was greatly troubled. Um, his countenance was changed. Now, his countenance has already been changed, but now mm, he knows he his wise men can't interpret it. What does that mean? Here's a proclamation on the wall of the palace. Mm. You know, everybody can see it. It's been there it's written supernaturally. 
and uh, in front of a thousand odd people. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, it's very fascinating. Again, you, you, we think back to Daniel chapter four, which we read last week, where um, you know the king is saying, "Isn't this great Babylon that I have have built?" Mm. Or you go back to Daniel chapter three, where he sets up an image to worship, but then everybody um, actually sees the image of God in the fiery furnace and so God is redirecting attention if you like mm. and so um, he's he's troubled uh, his countenance was changed and his lords were astonished so his lords are astonished not only by the fact that there's this writing on the wall they can't interpret it but they're now seeing how terrified the king is um, because he can't uh, understand what's written there I'm, I'm interested in this next section because it's the queen who yeah. then has a good memory as yeah. to what's gone before yeah why don't you read that yeah. out uh, 10 through 12 and we'll we'll unpack it a little it says, bit the queen because of the words of the king and his lords came to the banquet hall the queen spoke saying O king live forever do not let your thoughts trouble you nor let your countenance change there is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy god And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, inasmuch as an excellent spirit, knowing uh, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas, were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will give the interpretation. All right. So it's noticeable here, you know, the queen not only comes in and uh, she she said there is a possible solution to mm. this. We, we, can, we can interpret we've, this we've right. Seen, we've seen this before. Yeah. Do you think this is the queen of Nabonidus, the father, or would so, this be... Because uh, uh, the other king's... Um, Belteshazzar's uh, wives were there. Sure. Now, yeah. no, there's, there's, uh, it's you know, in that period of time, it's very common that kings would have many wives. They mm. would have concubines and so forth. So this is likely to be Belshazzar's mother. Yeah. Okay. So so it's likely to be um, Belshazzar's mother. Obviously, one of the wives of Nabonidus. Mm. So she, she being a bit older, may have had a better memory of what had gone before. Exactly. Belshazzar obviously had forgotten it all. Well, yeah, and I, I actually I don't know that he has forgotten it because we're going to discover later that that he's reminded that he didn't. You know, I mean, he may have deliberately put it out of his mind. Mm. We we see. Clearly, uh, Belshazzar being the son of Nabonidus, he's a younger generation in this this situation. Mm. And um, he is um, sort of, uh, yeah, he, he, he doesn't, he's not regarding what has happened in the past. And his mother comes in and um, the queen comes in and she, she says, don't forget Daniel, Daniel is um, able to uh, interpret this. Now, it's interesting that um, Daniel is about 85 years of age at this point in time, if you look mm. at the calculations, because he's first taken at the beginning of the book of Daniel. By this time, it's about 85. So mm. he's going to give the interpretation in a moment. Yeah, after the break. Yeah. Hang in there. Yeah. We'll come back and uh, give the interpretation of this writing. Uh, we asked you a question earlier. What can you see in the world today that indicates the writing is on the wall? And our book offer that's coming up is called Daniel Reveals the Future. Right now, this is The Perfect Wisdom of Our God by Keith and Kristen Getty.
perfect wisdom of our God reveal in all the universe all things created by his hand and held together at his command he knows the mysteries of the seas the secrets of the stars are his he guides the planets on their way and turns the earth through another day The matchless wisdom of his ways that mark the path of righteousness His word a lamp unto my feet His spirit teaching and guiding me Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're talking with Peter Watts on the series Daniel and the God of Wisdom. We've been talking about Daniel chapter 5, and we've got to an interesting part of this where we have seen the writing on the wall, but we don't know what it means yet, and we're going to dig into that. But we did ask you a question if uh, you can see in the world today anything that indicates the writing on the, is on the wall for us uh, on this planet. Let us know. Tell us what you think uh, indicates that the writing's on the wall. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We'd love to hear from you today. 
So, Peter, we uh, just got to that section in uh, this chapter where it's the interpretation. The writing on the wall is explained to us. Mm. Yeah, okay. So uh, they call in Daniel. Uh, The king uh, eventually calls in Daniel after his wise men are unable to interpret the writing. And from 13 through 16, I'll, I'll get you to read that, Jason, and then we'll unpack that a little bit. Then Daniel was brought in before the king, and the king spoke and said to Daniel, Are you that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, whom my father the king brought from Judah? I've heard of you, that the Spirit of God is in you, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me, that they should read this writing and make known to me its interpretation, but they could not give the interpretation of the thing. And I have heard of you that you can give interpretations and explain enigmas. Now, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. All right. So he he spells it all out again. He's, he spells out the, uh, the offer of reward uh, for those, for anybody who can interpret this writing. Um, and again, it's contrasted with those who cannot. Then you come to verse 17, and this is where Daniel um, actually interprets uh, what is there. And uh, we're going to read from 17 through 21. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Such a humble man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, he's eighty-five. He's around 85 years of age, we, we reckon, at this point, because he's been in um, Babylon nearly 70 years. And um, so... And he's been he's been uh, high up in leadership. Oh as well. yeah. yeah, yeah. He had a, a significant role to play, certainly in the kingdom uh, of Nebuchadnezzar. And it may be that um, you know uh, there's a there's a passage in the Old Testament where it says a Pharaoh arose that knew not Joseph. Mm. Um, and so you know the, Joseph was uh, um, important to one Pharaoh, but he may not have been important to the next. And mm. so uh, it seems like Daniel is no longer in the administration. But mm. I, I, I like this piece here. It says, where you let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. In other words, Daniel doesn't need to be paid to give, you know, God mes- God's messages. In he, fact, he doesn't, he doesn't you want couldn't pay him players. not to. Yeah. You know, this is one of the impressive things about God's prophet. They don't charge. I've always wondered about clairvoyants and astrologers and so forth that will charge you money Mm. to give you uh, a reading or whatever it may be. Um, Biblically, of course, uh, God's prophets are are called to deliver the message regardless of the outcome. Uh, Let's read on from verse 18. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar your father a kingdom and majesty, glory and honor. And because of the majesty that he gave him, all peoples, nations and languages trembled and feared before him. Whomever he wished, he executed. Whomever he wished, he kept alive. Whomever he wished, he set up. And whomever he wished, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. Then he was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like the beasts, and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. 
They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High God rules in the kingdom of men and appoints over it whomever he chooses. All right, so here's Daniel now. He's um, recounting uh, again uh, the the story from Daniel chapter 4, which we read last week, and how Nebuchadnezzar learned about uh, pride and humility, and he re- learned about um, God. And I like here where Daniel says, uh, the Most High God gave Nebuchadnezzar a kingdom. Mm. This this was not his own power. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, when Nebuchadnezzar is saying, is this not great Babylon which I have built? It's only by the allowance of God that mm. he was able to make that, have that kingdom. And so it, I guess Daniel is revealing the real uh, power uh, behind the universe he's re- he's revealing the real authority if mm. you like behind the universe and um so he 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 mentions this and then of course uh, so he mentions this fact that Nebuchadnezzar had learned this lesson of humility he'd learned about pride and humility and then had acknowledged the most high god as you know as god mm. and then you read on from verse 22 uh we'll read well we'll read um Yeah, we can probably read to 28, 22 to 28. It says, but his son, Belshazzar. But you, his son. But you, his son, Belshazzar. Belshazzar, not Belshazzar. um, Have not humbled your heart, although you knew all this. Oh, he just paused right there. That's interesting. So he did know it. Absolutely. He'd chosen to forget it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this is is the thing. So in this chapter where we look at the fall of Babylon and we see the writing on the wall, this is not simply about God saying, you know what, I don't like this drunken party. I'm going to come in and party's over. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, no, this was a king who was um, a king of a very powerful empire who was aware of the God of heaven, was aware um must have been aware of that proclamation that Nebuchadnezzar made in Daniel chapter 4 where essentially Nebuchadnezzar um, gives the command that everybody should be worshipping the God of heaven from now on Um, and he he, well he's aware of all this and he's aware of the lesson that his father sorry his uh, ancestral father Nebuchadnezzar had learned regarding um, pride and humility because he says you knew all this uh, but you have not humbled your heart Mm. and so uh, this is this is the culmination of a period of rebellion, if you like. So this is not a one-off event. Uh, this is the culmination of a life of, of rebellion of Belshazzar. And uh, he continues in verse 23. And you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house before you. And you and your lords, your wives and your concubines, have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know. And the God who holds your breath in his hand and and owns all your ways, you have not glorified. Then the fingers and the hand were sent from him, and this was this writing was written. And this is the inscription that was written, Many, many, tekel, afasen. This is the interpretation of each word. Many, many, that's spelt M-E-N-E. God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. P, 
Perez, I'm not sure where that one comes into the Afarsan, but mm. uh, anyway, Perez says, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command, and they clothed Daniel with purple and put a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. All right. So he uh, interprets these words, and uh, he didn't want payment for it. They give him payment for it anyway. They, they, so this is, you know, during this night, they've, they've called in the wise men. They, they've, they've had the drinking party. They've seen the writing on the wall. They've called in the wise men. They can't interpret it. Eventually the queen comes in. What about Daniel? Daniel comes in. He reads the writing on the wall and they give this proclamation. So this is over a period of time during that evening that this is taking place. Mm. And uh, Daniel gives the uh, the proclamation, God's numbered your kingdom and finished it. The number of days of your kingdom is coming to an end. Um, you've wa- been weighed in the balances and found wanting. This is interesting too because uh, when we think about judgment and we think about the, way- the weighing in the balances, um, judgment is... In the Bible, it's important that we have God on our side because it's God who brings the balance in our favor. Mm. All of our sins are against us. All of our sins are, you know, that we would be found wanting in the balance as well if we didn't have Jesus and the grace of God. So uh, that's what we need. And he says, Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes of the Persians, which is what we're going to find in the next section after the break. So talking of things that have come to an end, our section three has come to an end and we need to go to a break. Our book offer for today is called Daniel Reveals the Future by Robert Wheeland. Daniel lived and worked at the political and administrative hub of two successive world empires, Babylon and Medo-Persia, holding very high positions in both. He was a man of impeccable character who became God's mouthpiece for unveiling a set of accurate prophecies concerning world history. Through these prophecies, Daniel was privileged to witness history in advance. Some made immediate sense to him, some brought fear and anxiety to his heart, while much was to be sealed till the time of the end. Now, with the help of Robert Wheeland, we can understand Daniel's prophecies more clearly than ever before. Well, hopefully uh, through these programs, you can understand them as well. Mm -hmm. But this book may give you even further insight. So uh, as we go to the break, that's the book offer. We'll give you the code straight after this song, which is King of Love by I Am They. faileth never I'm nothing like if I am here and he is mine forever and he is mine forever
Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM. And uh, before the break, we talked about our book offer today, Daniel Reveals the Future. Um, and it looks like people have guessed the code for today because we've had some claims already. Fortunately, you guessed right, and the code for today is Daniel5. I think there's only one more copy to give away. So Daniel5 is the code. Text that in to 0488880891 for the book offer, Daniel Reveals the Future by Robert Wheland. One more copy to give away. Now, Peter, we've got a couple of verses that we haven't yet read in this chapter, and uh, I guess we need to... Um, just wrap up and sure. summarize what we've been talking about. So, yeah, as we've mentioned, we've got this uh, great drinking party that Belshazzar has organized, then the supernatural writing on the wall. Uh, he uh, is very convicted by it. It's interesting when you know you're doing something wrong um, and, and you know, some kind of uh, authority uh, comes into the room, you, you're, you're immediately sort of, you know, uh, convicted about that. So, 
He sees the supernatural writing on the wall. His wise men can't interpret it. The queen comes in, suggests Daniel. Daniel interprets it. He does give him the the gifts of you know the chain around his neck and the purple robe and so forth. Mm. Um, but then it says in verse thirty to thirty one. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. All right, so here we see uh, the Medes and the Persians coming in, and it says that very night, Belshazzar, uh, king of the Chaldeans, was Mm. slain. So uh, this this drinking party um, evidently ended in a tragedy and ends in the fall of the Babylonian kingdom and the Medes and the Persians begin to reign from here on. I'd be interested because Daniel was just sort of promoted at this point in time and then a few hours later um, the kingdom was taken over. I wonder if he held some leadership position immediately because we know he did serve in this new kingdom. Yeah, we're Mm. going to find out next week when we look at Daniel chapter 6 that he serves uh, as a a principal administrator in the Medo-Persian Empire, which which had been remarkable, really, given that he'd had such a high prominent role in the Babylonian Empire. Mm. But I think maybe part of it will be, as we're going to discover, that he actually predicts the rise of the Medo-Persian Empire. Mm. Um, and so, therefore, they, they may have been favorable because, of course, he wasn't a Babylonian himself. Mm. Uh, he's, he's a Jewish captive that was given this prominent position. And so his wisdom is obviously known, you know, far beyond the borders of uh, Babylon. And so, um, yeah, we'll pick that up when we talk about it next week. So this is the fall of Babylon. Babylon falls that night, and it's 539 B.C. 539 B.C., we know that that took place. And um, it's Cyrus who actually is uh, leading the Persian army when uh, Babylon falls. And uh, the Bible actually mentions Cyrus by name, and we can pick that up in uh, Isaiah 45. And... Verses 1 to 6. It says, Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. We won't read it all, will we? Yeah, that will be sufficient. And so, in other words, God's God's naming him 100 years before he's born, Mm. uh, that he's the one that's going to actually deliver... um, deliver Babylon into his hand. Um, Now, of course, this is significant, um, not only from a historical perspective, the fall of Babylon, but when we read the book of Revelation, we read about spiritual Babylon. I mentioned before that the story of the Bible is really a tale of two cities, Jerusalem, which is God's city, and Babylon, which is the city of the enemy. In fact, uh, the Bible, even in Isaiah, it um, compares Lucifer with the king of Babylon. Mm. And so it's very clear that the king of Babylon represents the enemy of God's people. And so uh, what you have is Jerusalem and Babylon, you find them both uh, both have their origins in the book of Genesis. Both are mentioned throughout the Bible. Both are mentioned in the book of uh, Revelation. And in Revelation, it's not physical Babylon or physical Jerusalem. It's spiritual Babylon and spiritual Jerusalem. Mm. Uh, so it talks about um, spiritual Babylon, which is this um, power that has influence. It's, it's a political power. It's a religious power. And at the end of time, it has influence over people and it says that it causes them to get drunk with the wine of Babylon this is another reference to Daniel chapter 5 but ultimately it falls uh, and we see that God's people will be ultimately taken what's fascinating is 
uh, some of the language that is used. So, for instance, in Revelation chapter 16 and verse 12, in the uh, sixth, sixth of the seven last plagues, it talks about, uh, well, you can read it there. Please read it. Uh, this is 6.12. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. All right. So this is uh, Revelation 16, verse 12. This is the sixth of the seven last plagues. And it says that uh, a great bowl is poured on the river Euphrates. The water dried up the way of the kings of the east. Now, this literally happened back in Daniel chapter 5 when Babylon fell. When when Cyrus... The water was dried up, and that's how they conquered the city. And this is simply saying that spiritual Babylon also will fall Mm. because uh, its waters will be dried up uh, in a spiritual sense. And uh, Jesus will ultimately come. So just in ancient Babylon, Babylon fell and God's people were ultimately taken and delivered and then taken back to a new Jerusalem. So too, in the book of Revelation, God's people will be delivered and taken to the new Jerusalem. So there's a lot of connections here between uh, Daniel and Revelation. Absolutely. Mm. Um, We've got about 30 seconds left. Uh, Is there any other points you want to bring out before we finish? Well, just a few lessons that we can learn from this chapter is... um, let's make sure we learn from the experiences of others. Belshazzar did not. Uh, He he could have learned from the Nebuchadnezzar's experience that pride doesn't doesn't, uh, prevail and that humility does. Um, Pride goes before a fall. God is not mocked. What we reap, we will sow. And Mm. that's ultimately what happened with uh, Belshazzar. Um, And yeah, uh, turn to the Lord, find the Lord, seek the Lord while he may be found. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah uh, it's it's not wise to mock the God of heaven mm. and that uh, unfortunately does happen a lot in our society these days but mm. um, I guess a time will come the writing is on the wall yeah. and a time will come one, one little uh, other thing I want to mention is God has people in Babylon mm. right Daniel was in Babylon uh, God has people in Babylon and uh, the fall of Babylon will mean the deliverance of God's people. Mm. Uh, we saw that in Daniel, and we'll see that in the end too. So next week on uh, Daniel and the God of Wisdom, we'll be going into Daniel chapter 6, which is yeah. the famous story of Daniel in the lion's den. Yeah, and so mm. in next week's episode, we do look at the beginnings of the Medo-Persian Empire and how Daniel is involved there. And tomorrow we've got Daniel Mateo joining us again, and brand new series tomorrow. The title of the new series is called Facets of Faith, and he's going to be talking about the call. So join us tomorrow with Daniel Matteo on our program, Facets of Faith. This is I Will Never Leave You Alone by Paul Zak. God is with us if we stay with him as well. May God be with you today. Fear comes marching like an army, and you hear all the pounding of the drums. Where your cries for justice come up empty when you ask in weakness, Lord, how long? When they sing with their creeds and confessions with blinded eyes and hearts of stone.
No, I won't. 